You're listening to the 33rd edition of the Bitachon Podcast, and it's been a while since we've learned together. However, I'd like to pick up where we left off. We're at the end of the ninth chapter in Darki Bitachon of the Altar of Navardic, and I was encouraged by one of the members of the Bitachon group to give a little bit of a view into some of the locations that I've been going to do my Hizbaidudus. There's a, there's a tradition in the school of Navardic to go out, to be alone with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to think about spirituality, to think about Musar. And uh, I figured I would take this opportunity to invite you all into this, some of the, one of the spaces that I do this Hizbaidudus and learn together with you, Darche Abitachem. There's also a request to continue the series, and the Mitzvah Shem will see how it goes. Here we are at the end of the ninth chapter of Darche Abitachem, and it says like this, It says the altar that a person who places his portion on Hashem, a person who decides, you know, I want my life to be a life of spirituality. I want my life to be a life which is dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God. So he is included in the concept of Shevet HaLevi, the tribe of Levi. This depends on our actions. To the degree that we are willing and ready to, to interact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to place our trust in God, to recognize that we don't need to do that much, that God will do everything for us, that's how it's going to be. From this medrash that we were quoting in the previous Bitachim podcast, it's the makor, it's the source of what the Rambam says. The Rambam himself, Maimonides himself says, that somebody who has nadvarucha, he feels that awakening within his spirit to serve Hashem. He doesn't need any kind of efforts He's going to get whatever he needs. From this that the verse says that the, the eye of Hashem turns towards those who fear Hashem. This is a reference to the tribe of Levi, that Hashem is their portion. So we see that anyone can choose to be in the portion of Hashem. But we see from their words, we see from the words of the Medrash, what we see from this concept is that the main schus, the main merit of the 24 matanis, the gifts that were given to the Kohanim, to the priests, why do they get it? Why did they receive those gifts? Why did they get this free ride, so to speak? Partly it's because they're serving Hashem, they're in the Beis Hamikdash, they're in the temple, and they are doing the Avodah, the service on behalf of the Jewish people. But furthermore, says the altar of Navardic, it's because they fear Hashem and they are hoping for God's kindness. It doesn't just mean those who are literally serving Hashem in the base of English, but anybody who stands in front of God and it's their goal to serve Hashem and to... to they remove from themselves, this is the Lashon of the Rambam, they remove from themselves the heavy weight of all of the Cheshubayinus, all of the calculations and reasons, I need to do this, I need to do that, etc. 
So then they receive these gifts. Venim and it comes out according to this. That just like it was true that in the times of the temple, so God had a special, He paid special attention to the Levites in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, the times of the temple. To make sure that they received whatever they needed. They didn't need to do anything themselves. They didn't need to put in any efforts themselves. That's how it's going to be forever. God says, I am God. I don't change. God makes a promise. He keeps a promise. And it's not a one-time promise. The verse is true always. That the eye of Hashem is upon those who fear Him to those who are hoping for His kindness. To give them all of their needs in the world that any efforts on their part. But it will come. They will receive all that they need in an unusual way, in a miraculous way. So in the altar, in, in His understanding, the altar of Navarik's understanding of, of Hishtalus versus Bitachan, one does not need to do Hishtalus. All one needs to do is com- completely trust in Hashem and you can depend, if you're on that level, you can depend on a miracle. Now, he begins a new chapter. And this chapter he's going to speak about the different approaches to Bitachan. Now we're going to explain the different boundaries of Bitachan according to the Rambam versus the Ramban. Now he gets into an interesting idea which has to do with if let's say when did, where do we draw the lines? Because let's say somebody has something. Let's say I don't have access to that thing. Let's say or I have something specifically you're speaking about something that belongs to you. It's in your rishus. Let's say I have a bowl of cereal and I want the, the food to magically come into my mouth. If it's in your possession and it's not something that you have to worry about getting, you can't talk about bitachin in such an area. Because we can expect him, the person can do everything that they need to do. It's not called too much ishtadlis to do things, to, to, you know, to walk into my bedroom and get my, uh, my wallet out of my, out of my drawer, that's expected. That's normal things, that's the normal ishtadlis, it's not called a, a lack of ishtadlis. A lack of bitachana, sorry. Someone can say, look, why do I need to stick my hand in my pocket and take out my money? I'll just have bitachana Hashem that it, the money will just appear in my hand. Why do I need to put the food in my mouth? I'm expecting miracles. I want the food to come into my mouth automatically. This is obvious that it's, this is foolishness. It's not bitachon. And anything that's similar to this is, is clearly doesn't come into the gedarim, into the, the boundaries of bitachon. Now, let's say something is not his, and it's not in his rishus. It's not in his possession. 
If something is out of my possession, it's out of my rishos, it's not, it's, it's not mine, and it's not, meaning it's not yet mine, the thing that I need, and it's not within my power to receive it or to get it, there we can speak about bitachan. But what about something which is mine, but it's not in my possession? For example, let's say I have money, $100, somebody owes me. I don't have that money. So Ruven owes me the money. How does that come into Bitochen? Can I be talking that he's going to give me back my money? So here we're going to find that there are chiluk and there are differences as far as the approach. If let's say it's mine, but it, it, was, it was lost or stolen. So, if let's say a person has money that's, that's lent out and is owed to him, the person doesn't want to pay back. So, in such a case, you can speak about bitachon in this case. Actually, there's a story from Mordechai Diamond, where he was speaking about the fact that there was a certain person that he was close with who was owed a lot of money, a tremendous amount of money, and together, and, and the person had said he was not going to pay back. And together they had bitachon, very strong bitachon. And for whatever reason, the person end up, ended up, even though he wasn't planning to pay back, the person did pay back the very large amount of money. So we can speak about bitachon in such an area. Because really, what's the difference between if it's mine and it's not in my possession, or it's not mine and it's not in my possession? In either of those two cases, it's out of my control. Once it's out of my control, so then we can speak about bitachon. I have bitachon, I'm going to get back the thing that's mine. It was lost, it was stolen, I can't find. I can have bitachon that the thing that I'm missing is going to be found or returned. Okay? However, let's say it's come time for the person to pay back the money owed. And the person is willing and ready to pay back the money. He has the money. But the person doesn't know, the person who borrowed the money doesn't know that the person who he borrowed from needs the money back. So in such a case, that's like where it's in my house, I just need to walk into my room and pull out my wallet from my drawer. So in the same, same way, so I can go over to the person and say, I need the money, please return the money. That could be that that's within my obligation perhaps to, to do hishtad, to put in the efforts. But it could be that even here there's no difference. Meaning, it could be that you could have bitachon, that the person will just return the money, even though you haven't requested it yet. And so, when it comes to such a circumstance, a person needs to judge on their own, they need to have a recognition, they need to, to you know, shots up the case, to figure it out themselves. It's not always something which has a simple explanation, simple answer. Do I need to do hishtadlis here? Do I need to put in efforts here? Or is this something that I need to uh, leave for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do? So, each person in their case, they need to determine. <clears throat> and that's Bichlal, an important concept in Avodah Hashem. That there are many things, yes, that I need to ask questions about, that I need to 
find out from my rebbeim, find out from my teachers, advisors, etc., what's the right thing to do. And then there are circumstances, many circumstances, where I need to choose for myself. And even when I get advice, I might get conflicting advice from different people who give me advice. And I need to choose. And it's important to know that I need to make that choice and I need to have that clarity. And I've heard Bachar Masman Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Per, you know, how do I figure it out? How do I know how to, how do I get that sense of which is the right way to go in a particular situation? And my Rosh Hashiva invariably answers that, you know, it's like when you drive a car. You come to the corner and you see there's a car coming from your left. So you have a certain sense how fast the car is driving towards you, if you can make that turn, or if you should wait for that car to pass. There's a certain sense how to get that sense by driving, and by having the experience. And that's also true in Avedas Hashem. When it comes to Bitachan, when it comes to our general service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu of God, how do I know what's the right thing to do? How do I know which is the exact way to serve God? So I learn by trial and error, and I learn... You know, sometimes I pull out a drop too fast and the, car, and the car comes to a screeching halt and I realize that was a mistake. I shouldn't have turned yet. Now, the altar continues. He says, he lays down this foundation. It's such an important idea. If a person thinks in his mind that there's a particular person, that only this is the only person who can give me what I need. person expects maybe a paycheck from his boss, or maybe whatever it is, a person who gives him tzedakah all the time, he expects that that person is going to give him what he needs. So then, is that called a lack of bitachin, if I think that that's the only one who's going to give it to me? So it depends on the, on the circumstance. Let's say a person is in the wilderness. Let's say Let's say you're in the wilderness and you need water, you're thirsty, and someone walks along. Oh, there's nobody for, for miles, hundreds of miles around, and somebody walks along and he has water. So, if you think that that's the person who Hashem is sending for you to, to get water from, that's not a lack of bitachim, to think that that's the only person who's going to give it to you. Because there really is nobody else in the vicinity who can, who can do this favor for you? So that being the case, so it's a, you can be pretty sure that this is the one who HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an, appointed to be the one who will provide you with your need. But if a person thinks that this is the only person who could possibly give me what I need. Even in such a circumstance. Having that thought, because HaKadosh Baruch can send you many other ways of receiving that water. So, just because there's nobody for hundreds of miles around, doesn't mean that that's what you think, but who says that's really true? Or, it could be Hashem will perform a nace. How you probably Hashem Davar? Is anything beyond the ability of God? Let's say a person is in a populated area. If a person thinks that that person is probably going to do me a favor. So that's not a, that's not a lack in one's bitachim. 
This is such an important point. Sometimes I think that this is the only one who can get me what I need. This is the only person who can help me. There is no other way that I'm going to succeed. I'll tell you an experience that I had. You know, I was working on an album, a music album, and I felt like I wasn't sure that I had the clarity or the experience to be able to choose the right songs for my album. And I hired somebody to help me choose. Now, that's fine. But I felt, I felt like this person is the only person who can help me. That's how I felt. And it was a lack in bitachim. And I learned my lesson afterwards that it's not really true. And in subsequent albums, where I made my own choices, Baruch Hashem, I had Siyat Deshmaya, I had heavenly assistance, and I feel like I made the right choices in the subsequent work that I did. But it's so important to not think that it's only one person who can help you. There's not one way. Hashem has many different paths. And it could be that this, that here as well, there's no difference between being in a place of a wilderness versus a populated place. It could be that if you're in the wilderness and you think that no one else is going to do it, even though he's coming already, the guy's coming with his water and he's on his way to you, and there's nobody, as far as you know, for miles around. How do you know that no one else could do it? You don't know for sure. You never know for sure. And I, and I can't help but think about the very story that the altar himself quotes about himself, where he was in the shack, and he had bitachin, and someone would bring him a candle, and, and indeed it happened. Someone brought him a candle. Now that was something that was impossible. But as in the song, I don't know if you've heard the song, but in the song, which was written by the stipler, which I was zeicher, to be able to put out a beautiful song based on the, on the poem of the stipler about that story. He says, Is there anything that's beyond Hashem? Hashem can do anything. So really he's saying that there's different ways of approaching this. There's different possibilities. And it's important to know that there are really levels in Bitachan. It's possible to, to see it in either way. But we should always be striving for a deeper level of Bitachan where we know that Hashem can do it. It doesn't, we shouldn't be fooled by the face of the person who's bringing us something or seems to be bringing us something, that this is the only way that it could happen. And only if a person thinks that he's doing it with him every time and he's going to do it with him this time as well. And he says another important point, which is that sometimes a person, you know, you consistently get the money from your boss. So to think that you're going to be paid this next month, it's not a chisarin and bitachin. If you think that that's the only way I'll get the money, you know, it's possible that he won't pay this month for whatever reason, and Hashem will send me the money from somebody else or somewhere else. Anything is possible. So that being the case, it's not a chisarin and bitachin if I think that this person is going to give me the money. As long as I keep in mind that there are other possibilities and other ways. And this is really reinforcing within ourselves the recognition that everything that we have is from Hashem and that we need to place our trust in Him and never on human beings. All right, I just want to mention, we'll stop here. I just want to mention that uh, we have a group, which Baruch Hashem has been meeting every week, almost coming into almost two years. 
the Bitachin group. And uh, we have consistently anywhere between five and ten people. The, there's a men's group and there's a women's group, separate groups. And I invite you to join us. And we really have great conversations, discussions about Bitachin and how it applies to our lives. You can send an email to thebitachingroup at gmail.com or to my personal email, Ari Goldwag at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.